1: It is Monday, January 24th, and this is People Every Day. Hi, you guys. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and we are back from our hiatus. Yay, did you miss me? <laughs> well, I missed talking to you all, and it's time to get caught up on the top stories swirling around my news feed, starting with Kanye West and Julia Fox who made their red carpet debut during Paris Men's Fashion Week, rocking Denim on Denim, Head to Toe, which immediately gave me 2001 Justin and Brittany at the VMA's vibes. You remember the time. And speaking of Paris Fashion Week, though, on Sunday, beloved French fashion designer Thierry Mugler passed away at the age of 73, Mugler was known for creating costumes for Beyonce and Kim Kardashian, and was a fashion favorite of countless other celebrities, including Cardi B, Lady Gaga, and Nicole Kidman. So the tributes are pouring in. Actor Garrett Hudlin, known for his roles on Mudbound and Country Strong, was reportedly arrested on Saturday for public intoxication. The news came a day after People confirmed his split with longtime partner, actress Emma Roberts. They reportedly experienced several rocky months of their two-year relationship, and the two share a one-year-old son. And in happy news, Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra announced that they welcomed a newborn baby into the world via surrogate. Congrats to the first-time parents wishing them sleep when they can get it. Well, there is no easy way to get into our first major story of the day. As reported by People.com over the weekend, Ian Alexander Jr., the son of Oscar and Emmy Award-winning actor and director Regina King and record producer Ian Alexander Sr., died by suicide this past weekend. He was the only son shared between the couple who divorced in 2007. Ian Alexander Jr. worked in the music industry like his father and shared an unbreakable bond with his mother. To talk about this story today, we have People's Movies News editor, Nigel Smith. Hi, Nigel. Hi there. Thank you so much for just joining to talk about something affecting one of Hollywood's most beloved actresses and families. This news hit like a ton of bricks, so can you take us into what we know about what happened to Ian and how his mom is coping right now?
2: Yeah, well, it was quite the quite the horrible thing to learn over over the weekend. Um, Regina King, as we all know, is an Oscar-winning, Emmy Award-winning actress. She's had a long and storied career in Hollywood, and she's so beloved by her peers in the industry. And by every fan of hers that's been following her incredible um, success over the past years, she really, really kind of came into her own winning all these awards in her 40s, which doesn't often happen. There's just so much love out there. And um, her fans really took it hard, obviously, when they learned of this news, especially considering the fact that Ian just celebrated his 26th birthday. And we learned that he took his life. Um, Not much else is known about... The circumstances surrounding his death. Regina did release a statement um, shortly after his passing, just, just, um, you know, asking for obviously a lot of privacy as she deals with this insurmountable grief. And um, just saying that her family is so, so devastated and shocked by the loss and just asked for consideration and respect during this. Horrible time.
1: Yeah, she she said in that statement, he is such a bright light who cared so deeply about the happiness of others. And... You know, we all know him as her beloved son and and only child, but there is more to note about his life and career. I mean, he was a musician and a DJ. He recently released a new single Green Eyes on January 7th, right before his birthday, which I think was on the 9th, right? And and he had performances scheduled in L.A. later this month. But tell us a little bit more about Ian.
2: Ian is really sweet. He uh, followed in his father's footsteps. Ian Alexander Sr., who's a record producer, and his father and Regina were married for 10 years. And uh, Regina, I interviewed her in 2018, and she only had nice things to say about co-parenting with her ex and and being a single mother in, in Hollywood and all the support she received over the course of her career from, from family and friends to, to raise her child. Ian was um, followed in his father's footsteps, as I said, um, obviously had a huge passion for the music industry and made a career out of it. But he also loved cooking, And he was also a gourmet chef and talked uh, about becoming a private chef during the pandemic. And he actually had aspirations to open His own restaurant.
1: Wow. Well, I mean, one thing that is clear today is that Ian had a very strong relationship with his mom, and and was so happy to be seeing her finally get her due, as you say, in Hollywood. Recently, she's had one award-winning performance after another, and and I think of her portrayal of a doting mother in Seven Seconds, and she even mentions him in her Emmys acceptance speech for that role. Oh my God, Ian, if you are at home, no. Caps. What? I probably said it wrong. No cap. And we know they were so close that she and Ian even got matching tattoos. So let's listen to what she told The View about that. No love. We were taking Kabbalah classes oh. and um, he uh, said, well, let's choose three each and not tell each other which ones they are and whichever one that's matching that's the one we're going to get a tattoo. And we both chose unconditional nice. That's
0: the most important thing, being a parent.
2: Yeah, I interviewed her in 2018. It was prior to her winning the Best Supporting Actress for If Beale Street Could Talk. And her love for her son was just so apparent over the course of our 20 minutes together. She unpromptedly um, expressed um, how she was just so proud to have her son by her side as her career was rising at this stage in her life and that they were kind of experiencing this rise together because he was at an age where he could understand all the work that went into achieving the success that she had at that point. And it was really, really moving to witness. And I really did remember that exchange that we had when I learned of his death.
1: And they were just together. We got to see them on screen together, you know, over New Year's, just New Year's Eve, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Her son uh, made a surprise appearance by by her side when uh, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen were interviewing her. They were in such great spirits, toasting to the New Year and gathering for the holiday and it was just really, really moving. And it's actually kind of hard to, to look back at that and, and just see the, the happiness they were expressing in that moment. Oh, my God.
1: My, my heart goes out to Regina and just all of Ian's family during this difficult time. And, you know, we with so many others are, are just sending unconditional love in their direction. Thank you so much for taking us through it, Nigel. And guys, if you or someone you know is considering suicide, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255 or text STRENGTH to the Crisis Text Line at 741-741 or go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. I am back now, and before getting into our next story, let's take a time out for something that caught my ear this weekend. My beloved 49ers beat those cheesy Green Bay Packers on the road and in the snow, you guys. And we don't do snow in San Francisco. (laughs) And we are one win away from going to the Super Bowl. But what a lot of fans are talking about is what came from the losing team's quarterback. On Friday, Packers QB Aaron Rodgers lashed out at President Biden, telling ESPN, quote, When the president of the United States says this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, it's because him and his constituents, which I don't know how there are any if you watch any of his attempts at public speaking, but I guess he got 81 million votes. So, Rogers also questioned the CDC and referred to the Biden administration as a, quote, fake White House. This, of course, isn't the first time Rogers has espoused his controversial views on the pandemic. Last month, he confirmed that he was unvaccinated despite telling reporters he was, quote, immunized prior to the season. But a lot of folks on Twitter are espousing their views on Rogers and taking shots, as user at The Real Horse put it. Aaron Rodgers thought he was going to the Super Bowl, but it was just a false positive. All I can say is, go Niners! Now let's get into all the buzz surrounding the upcoming docuseries Secrets of Playboy, which premieres tonight on A&E. From what I heard, it's supposed to be pretty unsettling. The 10-part series explores the, quote, hidden realities of what it was like being a part of Hugh Hefner's Playboy empire. Holly Madison, a former Playboy bunny and one of Hefner's previous girlfriends, described her time with Hefner as cult-like. She refers to being gaslit and was, quote, expected to think of Hefner as, like, this really good guy. So to get ahead of the backlash, Playboy released a letter distancing themselves from Hugh Hefner, something his son, Cooper Hefner, is not taking lightly. So joining me now to break this all down is People Managing Editor, Charlotte Triggs. Hey, Charlotte.
3: Hey, Janine. How you doing?
1: I'm good. So, I mean when I think of the Playboy empire, there has always been, I guess, a layer of discomfort for me, at least. And, you know, when it comes to the visuals of young women living with this older man at a mansion in California, I mean, no matter how shiny and and silly it was made to seem, I I guess it always just felt weird to me. So, So hearing about this doc wasn't a complete shock, but I know you got an advanced look at some of the episodes. So what can viewers expect to get?
3: So it's actually kind of interesting. The Girls Next Door show was like a big, huge hit on E! Mm -hmm. And it was actually framed as a show that was like kind of empowering the women. He always had multiple girlfriends at once. And this focused on his three girlfriends, Holly Madison, Bridget Marquardt, and Kendra Wilkinson. And in subsequent years, they've gone on to write memoirs detailing how kind of ugly the scene is. Of course, that's not really shocking. He wasn't hiding. There's orgies and there's all kinds of crazy sex happening. And it's like, he was in his eighties at the time and stuff. And like, yeah, it's, it's pornography. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a whole world. It's a subculture, but it was being portrayed very much as mainstream and like, it was all fun and everybody was happy. So what we're learning in this documentary is that there, it was a distinctly ugly side. And much of this is territory that has been covered by the women in, in subsequent years when they've you know, shared their experiences, but some of it is is pretty dark, um, including new allegations that we've never heard before that he filmed sexual acts at the Playboy Mansion without alerting people to it and therefore without their consent. Wow. So that is one of the allegations that's going to be in, in the episodes that drop tonight that's pretty shocking. I mean, let's let's talk about
1: Holly Madison's allegations. As you said, she was one of the main stars on The Girls Next Door and has spoken out in the past and did the memoir and all of that. But um, I want to listen to one thing that she said recently about her experience living in the Playboy Mansion, which is just is just so in contrast to what I remember seeing on that show. Let's listen.
3: So easy to get isolated from the outside world there you had a nine o'clock curfew you were encouraged to not have friends over you weren't really allowed to leave unless it was like a family holiday I think they kind of psyched themselves into thinking that that you know if they hadn't connected with a man their own age that there was a reason it's because look they're connecting with him he's this older guy and he's like being so nice to them and whatever but They were actually very mean and callous things that he said to kind of undermine their confidence. And this is well-documented going back to the memoirs. He told her that she, like, looked like a hard-bidden hag or something like that because she was wearing um, dark lipstick and that that was aging to her. And, I mean, Holly has talked about, you know, having kind of suicidal feelings and dealing with all of this at the time. Wow.
1: Playboy, uh, which is
3: now owned
1: by Playboy Inc., formerly Playboy Enterprises, released a statement actually denouncing all of Hugh Hefner's, quote, abhorrent actions. And Hefner died in 2017 at the age of 91. And, you know, a lot of mentions of his controversial past bubbled up even then. But what did the new company statement kind of lay out? And then take me into how Hugh's son, Cooper Hefner, is reacting to all of this because he's painting a different picture.
3: I mean, they've basically decided that Hugh Hefner and Hef's legacy and the family's association with the brand is dragging them down and it's not a good look for them. And they can't, if they want to carry on as a brand at all, that they've got to cut ties and they've got to create a new vision of what it is. Somewhat like Victoria's Secret. It was like, it worked while it worked. It's not working anymore. So they've got to like paint a new vision of what this Mm. is and have it be kind of more inclusive and more like for women where they want it to be. So one of the things that they emphasize is that they trust and they validate the women and their stories. These are the women who are coming forward and describing things in the doc and that they are very much supporting them and and behind them and that they want their brand to carry on being sex positive because that's one of the legacies that Playboy does legitimately lay claim to is that they kind of made sex something that women could discuss publicly Mm -hmm. and that it could be more of a, a societal discourse, you know, not something shameful and, like, but that they believe in, like, safety, security, and accountability and that anything less is inexcusable. Very strong language in the statement. So then, of course, Cooper is coming forward and saying that this is all very unfair portrayal of his dad, that even though his dad might have been unconventional, he was never a liar. And I guess what he's trying to say is that, like, Whatever this all was and whether you judge it, whether you think it was gross, everybody was a consensual participating adult, you know. And this, of course, is a statement that he's putting out prior, presumably, to have having seen everything that may come out in the doc. Um, so we'll see. We'll, you know, I'd be interested in checking in with him later to see how he addresses some of the specifics.
1: I mean, just reading through it, he says he was sincere in his approach and lived honestly. He was generous in nature and cared deeply for people. These salacious stories are a case study of regret. Becoming Revenge. Just if you can, take us into just a little bit of what would be Cooper's vision of Hugh Hefner. I know... When we're
3: looking at this documentary, this documentary is examining the specific uh, Girls Next Door era behavior, right? Playboy launched when sex on the page was like pornography and like not anything beyond that. And you remember there was always the joke that people read it for the articles, right? You know, that they're not looking at it for the nudie pics, but they're reading it for the articles. Mm -hmm. That was very much a legitimate perspective because there was serious literature being published in there. And I think Playboy is actually very much credited for um, pushing a, a agenda of social change and stuff like that. When it came to things like race, they invited black stars to their parties back when that was like not acceptable, and there were still Jim Crow laws in the South. They had Black models in the pages. They published a work of fiction that um, depicted a future where homosexuality was the norm in the 50s, and it inspired this crazy kind of backlash, kind of like an edgy, in a good way, move. Mm-hmm. They put some of these things to a mass audience.
1: You make such a good point, Charlotte. I mean, there, there is a world where all of this can exist, and it sounds like it, it does, With Playboy. So it's so interesting. I mean, I can't wait to watch the doc and and, and see what more is in there. Thank you so much for just taking us into it.
3: Thank you so much.
1: It's been a heavy Monday, so we're sending you off with a much-needed something to make you smile. If you haven't seen Encanto on Disney+, Plus yet, get yourself some popcorn and go watch it right now. I just saw it with my son, Reese, and it is everything. The soundtrack is beyond, and it's been playing in our house nonstop. Poor Alexa. She knows exactly what he's going to ask for every time. <laughs> I'm not mad about it, though. Encanto is the first Walt Disney Records album to spend multiple weeks at number one since 2000. 2014's Frozen, the films We Don't Talk About Bruno, we don't talk about Bruno, yes, you gotta hear it, reached number one on the Billboard charts. Of course, it's no surprise that these incredible songs were penned by Lin-Manuel Miranda. The man does everything well. But The film also continues to receive praise for its inclusive character depictions. We've all seen the photos of that adorable toddler floating around, thinking he was one of the characters in the movie. While a weightlifting mother of two and TikTok star Maribel Martinez was shocked to see her resemblance to Encanto's Luisa with all of her superhuman strength and stature. Martinez told The Today Show, I've never seen any cartoon character or Disney character ever look like a feminine but yet masculine woman. It's not a normal thing you see every day. She thought Louisa's character design was super cool, and I couldn't agree more. It just really makes me smile to hear all the stories of people, you know, from all walks of life, all different looks, shapes, and sizes, who are finally seeing themselves on screen. Because, you know, it does matter. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with more of People Every Day.